Hello again. Hi. You all set? Yeah. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Craft Business Life Podcast. My name is Lee Solomon. This is a podcast uh, mostly about actors uh, in New York and how they do what they do and what it's like trying to be an actor and live in New York and everything. We do some episodes with uh, other kinds of artists and people from other walks of life, but most uh, uh, most of my guests are actors, uh, and today is no exception. Uh, my guest today has a, a very unique perspective in that she just got to New York a little over a month ago now, or I guess about six weeks or so at this point, um, since we first started uh, talking. And um, so I'm very excited to hear what it's been like and get that really fresh perspective and advice for uh, people who may be thinking to move here or planning to move here soon uh, to, uh, to be actors or just uh, for any reason. Um, so uh, Jill Jackson is my guest. Jill, thank you again so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. So, uh, I always like to start by asking uh, what you're up to right now, what's taking up your time right now. I know a little bit about it from our emails off the air, but obviously uh, the audience doesn't know. Uh, but tell everybody what is taking up your time and your energy and your focus at the moment. Yeah, um, so I've got quite a bit of... Uh, day job, if you could call them that. Um, I'm like a dog walker, a babysitter, um, uh, kind of a caterer server, although I really haven't done that job much. It's like a temp kind of job whenever they need bodies. Um, and I'm also with a children's party entertainment company, which is the best thing ever. And then I just got a spotlight operator job with um, TheaterWorks USA in their production of Dogman the Musical. And so, you know, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. You know, obviously the, the whole topic of day jobs and finding jobs that are flexible for actors, etc., is a tremendous theme of this podcast and is always coming up. And it's impressive that in your short time in New York, you've already acquired these five separate part-time jobs, and you're able to juggle them all. Um, why don't I start with how you got all these different jobs so quickly? Um, well, I kind of started uh, working and like putting out feelers in April um, to get these jobs because... I knew I wanted to move here. And I actually, I took classes up here, like, since January, because uh, my college had, like, a really cool program where we got to take classes for our spring semester junior year up here. So I've technically been here since January, but I officially moved here and doing the adulting thing um, since May. Mm-hmm. So... So yeah, so like about April, I was like, okay, I know I want to move here after graduation. I um, know what that entails pretty much from the acting side of things, just get 
up and audition a bunch, but I was really worried about will I be able to pay rent and buy groceries while I'm going to a bunch of auditions every week. And so I just started looking for um, day jobs, and it was really important to me to get ones that were very, very flexible and gave me lots of time to um, audition and, like, be able to go and audition um, whenever I wanted and not have to worry about, like, oh, I have to ask off or whatever. So I was very lucky in finding all of these, and so far they've been working great. Yeah, so again, this this brings up a couple of things that are always coming up, which is, just as you said, finding these jobs that are really designed to be so extremely flexible to accommodate the the crazy life of an actor. Um, and what's cool, especially about a place like New York, as I keep finding out more and more, the more you guys I interview, there really are these kind of jobs out there, and there are a lot of them. And even though it sounds from the outside like a crazy way to live and that these jobs would always be conflicting with each other and you drive all your bosses crazy or whatever, um, it just works. It's just kind of you guys figure out ways to make it work. And I think the people who run these jobs uh, are used to the the nature of actors' schedules and so forth. But, but you tell me, I mean, has there been a lot of have these jobs conflicted with each other? Have you, do you just submit different availabilities to each? You know, how do you actually juggle all the schedules? Yeah, so, well, the job walking and the babysitting is, like, totally on my schedule. So that's the, I don't want to say an afterthought, but they're kind of an afterthought. It's like, okay, I have my audition schedule, I have my um, children's birthday party schedule, and now I have this um, rehearsal schedule. And so then I just kind of fit in dog walking and babysitting gigs wherever I get the opportunity to um, have a couple extra hours here and there, you know. And I'm like, oh, I can pick up this babysitting gig. So See yeah, that? the same kind of goes for the... Sorry, what? No, no, go ahead. Oh, the same kind of goes for the, the catering serving job. They just kind of email me, and they're like, hey, we have this event. Can you work it or can you not? And so then I, it's up to me to be like, yes, I can, or no, I can't. And that's totally fine with them, which is really awesome, because one of my biggest fears is disappointing a boss. So I really didn't want to have to ask off a whole lot. Well, that's very conscientious of you, and again, it speaks to that that crazy balancing act actors constantly have to live with. Uh, but I have to say, uh, it surprises me that one of the ones you said is so flexible and easy is the babysitting, because you would think babysitting is something that, you know, the parents know when they need you, and you have to be there at that time. How can ba- How can something like babysitting be so easy to do whenever, you know? Right. Well, it, I mean, it takes me knowing my schedule in advance. And so I'm, um, you know, if a, a parent contacts me, like, hey, can you babysit this night at this time? I have to know my audition and rehearsal schedule and all of that. 
ahead of time to be able to look and be like, oh, yes, I can, or oh, no, I have permissions then. Um, it's really nice. And I, you know, there are some big gigs out there that are like, oh, pick up some kids from school every afternoon. And I know for me, especially right now when I'm still getting used to the swing of things, um, I don't want to take any of those jobs because I don't want to commit to picking up kids every day after school and then suddenly not be able to. Again, very good foresight, yes. Um, and so that leads to my next question, which is, with all this, you said, you know, you know your schedule, and therefore you know when you can sign up for these various jobs within that schedule. How far in advance are we talking? Are we talking a week, a month? You know, how, 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 how much in advance are you able to plan all these things definitively? Uh, that's a good question that I'm still figuring out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my rehearsal schedule, I get, I get the whole rehearsal schedule until we close in August. Right. But then, as far as auditions go, you know, usually it seems like they're kind of like, at least two weeks out, maybe more, you know, they'll post at the next audition and I'll get to see it. Sometimes I don't see it until the next four, and then I'm like, oh, well, guess I'm going to an audition tomorrow. Right. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's still kind of a, a balancing act we're working on. Yeah, and of course, you know, it sounds like the calendar is your best friend, but also, um, and, I, and I have sort of a version of that in my life these days, too, not not nearly as, as chaotic as yours, uh, not at all, but I do get the idea of, you know, juggling my different projects with the other parts of my life and things like that. You know, when I was an actor, I wasn't really living that crazy a, a schedule life, but part of the reason for that was I just didn't really understand the business well at all. Um, but that's a whole other story. But, um, so, uh, oh yeah, and then, so the other thing is, you know, every actor knows you know, it, it would be a good thing in theory, but you could get some gig any time and then have to call all your jobs and be like, you know, I can't come in. I'm going off on this gig now. It may not be that extreme short notice, but, you know, something like that could happen, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it then, could. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, We'll cross that bridge when we get there. No, of course. And again, every actor says it. If your perspective is the ultimate goal is acting, acting is the priority, then, you know, dealing with all these other things and shuffling them around is, is just part of the deal. You know, it's these, you're not plan, you're not trying to do these jobs forever anyway. They're just to, to support you in the meantime, right? So. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's definitely something I'm, working really hard on keeping at the forefront of my mind because a lot of shows, you know, will have rehearsals and definitely performances and the show that I'm working on now has a lot of performances on weekends, but weekends are like prime children's birthday party time. And so I kind of have to ease off on the um, party entertainment company gigs that I'm taking and what I'm doing with them, which is kind of hard because I love it, but I'm like, okay, you love you know, work in a children's birthday party, but that's not what you want to build your whole life upon. You know, it's, it's 
a fun gig for now, but we're still we're still working towards acting goal. Yeah, and also, you know, it's good that you already realized that, and also the fact that you are doing all these different jobs rather than just one job might help with that, too, because a trap a lot of actors fall into is they get, you know, one steady job, whether it be at a restaurant or something else, and they start enjoying the money and enjoying the lifestyle of that, and before they know it, they're working, you know, five days a week there, and they're exhausted, and they're not even thinking about acting anymore. Um, so, you know, right. so that's, a, that's a, uh, a, a thing you probably want to avoid if you can, you know, unless you decide right. to, to focus on that for a while or whatever. Yeah, I agree. There's definitely no shame in, like, finding something else that you're really passionate about. Like, if it's not theater, like, go do what you're passionate about. That's, that's you know, that's why we live our lives. We don't want to live our lives stuck in a rut and not following our passion. Yes, and also you do need some balance, you know, not only just kind of for your sanity, but also to... to you know, remember that you have to have a real life to draw from as an artist. You know, if if, oh, yeah. if all oh, you're yeah. doing is auditioning and trying to get work and there's really nothing else in your life, um, your work may end up being very, you know, sort of uninteresting and you may just be really depressed and desperate and frustrated, which sucks for your life and it doesn't make you come off very well at auditions either. Definitely, definitely. Everyone, you know, self-care is, like, a big word that is passed around, but for me, I call it being a human. Exactly, you know, if exactly. I, like, go out to eat with friends or go to a museum, that's, like, being a human and not just being on as an actor 24-7. I don't, I don't think I could sustain that for very long a hundred percent, and and it, and again, it really does affect the casting process too. Ironically, I mean, I've spoken, you know, I interviewed a casting director for the very first episode of this podcast, actually, and one of the things she said was, you know, someone someone's qualities as a person are just as big, if not a bigger factor, than their quote unquote talent, you know, in making a decision. I think we've all encountered those actors who are so, you know, uh, uh, tunnel vision and, and so wrapped up in themselves that, you know, they're not even paying attention and they're just, and they're not fun to work with and they're not fun to be around at all. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think people can be talented, but I think your personhood is you are comes out in everything that you do and I think the best actors use that to their advantage a hundred percent that's that's part of what it's all about so um you know what's what's interesting about uh your situation as you said is you had the advantage of having those six months here as a student so you could start working all these things out but I think for people that are planning to move here that aren't here yet they can still start applying to jobs and putting out feelers, as you said, even if they're not physically here yet, don't you think? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Technology is amazing. Right. Thank goodness for the Internet. 
Right. So, and, and it's funny, this hasn't really come up before in the podcast that I can remember, but that's really good advice, I think, to, to people like, hey, don't wait till you get here to start looking for a job. Start looking for them, you know, as part of your prep, just the same way you look for an apartment or whatever, you know. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, moving, deciding to move to New York is a very scary decision. So anything that you can do to ease the nerves and stress about that, like, do it, especially if you can do it ahead of moving here, just so you can have a little bit of peace of mind that, like, okay, I have a game plan. These are my jobs. This is how I'm going to be able to pay rent and buy groceries. You know, that, that's very soothing because this is such a, such a scary life decision to make. Well, exactly. And we're going to go back through your history and then back leading up to that decision uh, as well. But I want to stick with some of these practical things first just because, you know, again, they're so fresh for you. And these are really important things that we, that is part of why we do the podcast for, for, for people. So, um, I want to ask you about a related topic to all this stuff that, again, is always coming up on the show. Uh, you know, having all these day jobs in order to make money to pay rent and so forth is one thing, but then it's also the idea of managing your money, especially in a place like New York that's so expensive, and temptations of to friv- frivolously spend your money are, are in front of you every second of the day. Um, so as a young person, you know, who just started living on her own here and everything, you know, how have you found your personal financial habits and, you know, do you feel like you, you learn those from your family growing up or whatever? Like, how do you find yourself dealing with money? Um, well, I, I mean, okay, it's funny. My entire family is, um, very math brain, um, like, my dad's an engineer, and my mom also started engineering, but now she um, is a bookkeeper, and my sister's currently in school studying finance, and I'm, like, I'm doing theater, yeah. uh, which is really funny. But, yeah, so it's, it's nice to, like, have a family and be able to be, like, hey, um, taxes, what, health? Yeah. And they're just like, okay, here, here's how you do it. Um, which is really great, and yeah, I don't know, I am, um, I kind of live like I'm a broke person, mm-hmm. like, I, yeah, I, you know, I probably don't have to be as stingy with money as I am, but anytime someone's like, hey, let's go get a bite to eat, I, nine times out of ten will say, oh, sorry, I can't, I'm broke, I mean, like, it's not always true, but you know, I just, you just never know. So I'm very, very cautious with spending money. Well, see, you know, whatever your reasons are for being that way, that I think that's great, you know, especially right now when you're trying to be an actor and just for life in general. You know, I had to learn the hard way myself. I was not good with money when I was younger. And, um, you know, the, 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 the you know, the, the actors and the people who, who live with that mentality, I think, do much, much better in the long run uh, in a lot of different ways. So I, I think that's great. Um, and I know it can be tough to, to feel like you're missing out or whatever, but um, 
you know, I, I, I think it's, it's, I think it's, it's going to work well for you having that, uh, that mentality, just my opinion. Um, so, so yeah, absolutely. So one last okay. question on this practical stuff. Um, how was the, and this has come up a lot on the podcast too. So any advice you have for people is great. How was the process for you of finding your apartment? Oh my goodness. It was, oh, I, um, it was very stressful. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, um, yeah, we, uh, there were several times like, oh, this is the perfect apartment and sometimes you couldn't even schedule a time to go view it before it was already smashed up off the market. This because, is a, oh this is, gosh. this is a very common tale. Um, real estate oh in New God, York yes. moves at lightning speed. It's ridiculous. But yeah, go on. It, it's so fast. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the, that happens a lot. And there are some places that we got to see, but we weren't thrilled with them. But we were like, should we jump on this? Because what if nothing better comes along by the time we have to move in? Right. That's another um, tough decision, tough aspect of it. Yeah. But when when you say we, who do you mean? Who's we? Oh, me and my two lovely roommates. So were you guys all roommates and friends in school and decided to go for the to live together as well, or? Yeah, well, we haven't ever moved together, but mm-hmm. I have known both of them all four years of college, and right. I look up to and admire and respect them so much, and I am so thrilled to be finally living with them. Well, it's funny, because some people are able to do it that way, and it's great. Some have to be on their own and just find some random room to rent from strangers, you know, which is not as easy in most cases. Um, so, so that's great that you guys, uh, that you guys were able to do that. And so, okay. So yeah, so you were, you were trying to figure it out. You were looking at places and then what, what happened? Um, we, we finally, uh, found the realty group of Bohemia Realty and they apparently have like a bunch of actors who work for them. Oh, perfect. they were showing an apartment that none of the other, like, real estate sites and apps were showing, and we really liked it, and so we asked to go see it, and we fell in love, and we were able to um, have all of our paperwork beforehand, so as soon as we saw it, we were like, okay, here's our paperwork, here's our money, let's get this apartment. Okay, so let's talk about a couple of things there, because again, this is really important okay. for, for people listening who you know, might be about to go through it or going to go through it at some point. Um, and this, again, has come up a lot. Um, well, first of all, quick sidebar, another great thing about this podcast is hearing about these kind of resources. So we'll post uh, that in the episode notes, which is, you said, Bohemia Realty? Yeah. It sounds like they have actors who work for them, and I guess maybe they're they're good at helping people like actors, you know, and find find places, maybe, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Our realtor was cool. amazing. I we could ask him anything because um two out of the three of us were like first time New York apartment hunters. Right. And so we're like, What is all of this paperwork? I don't understand and so we would just like get to ask him all the questions because like, Oh my gosh, I got you. Here you go. And it's amazing. It's Good. Very so helpful. 
That's great. So we'll post that in the episode notes. And, you know, conversely, unfortunately, and again, this has come up a lot too, there are a lot of bad agents and brokers out there. There are also a lot of scams. So there are a ton of scams, actually. So you have to be extremely careful and really do your due diligence and don't, you know, really be careful. If something seems too good to be true, it probably is and things like that. So, um, so, but you talked again about the, the paperwork and the money. So this is another big thing for people to understand. You know, you got to be prepared with the money, the first month's rent, the deposit, whatever money is required. And yeah, I don't even know what the paperwork is like these days, but I'm sure they require applications, references, all kinds of kinds of paperwork. So what can you tell people about how to prepare for all that? Um, it's, it's a lot, and it's, like, slightly different paperwork, depending on, like, who the real tour is, like, what real estate agency is through, or, like, depending on the landlord's preferences, or, like, whoever's, like, requesting the paperwork. It's just really different for all sure. of them. But, honestly, like, for this whole process, the sooner you can start looking for an apartment, the better, even if it's, like, like, oh, I'm not moving for another two months. Yeah. Like, start casually looking just to kind of get an idea of what it's like to look at apartments mm-hmm. and kind of get a feel for that process before it gets to, like, crunch time. Because most apartments are like, you need to move in now. Yeah. Like, as soon, as soon as your paperwork goes through, like, move in, start paying rent. And so, like, it's kind of hard to plan ahead for yeah. a place, yeah. but um, if you can, like, kind of start getting the ball rolling and um, just finding out, like, what you like in an apartment, and then also, every time you go look at an apartment, ask the realtor or whoever what the paperwork looks like, and kind of start gathering that, so that you can just have it ready to go for when you find a perfect place. Well said, absolutely. Well, and you said you and your roommates did end up in a place you're happy with? Yes, it's beautiful. It's such a lovely neighborhood. I told both of them that they're not allowed to move out. We're going to live here for forever. Love it. Fantastic. <laughs> so uh, let's now go through, and I should ask this too. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, well, actually, no, never mind. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm backtracking here. So, uh, great. So let's go through now your history and your upbringing and everything that led up to this point. So, uh, you were born and raised in Austin, Texas? Yes. Now let's talk about Austin for a minute because these days, you know, those of us up, and I've never been there, but those of us up here and I think in general, you know, Austin has this image now of totally hipster and totally pretentious and I also hear now that they don't even want anybody else moving there. It's too crowded, blah, blah, blah. But obviously, you know, you grew up there for, for a certain amount of years, and also you were young, so you may have very different impressions and understandings of it. So for those of us that only hear things about it now, tell us about Austin. Um, okay, so first off, whenever, like, someone not from Austin, here's that I'm from Austin and has visited Austin, we usually have 
very different opinions on Austin because I like grew up in the suburbs and I didn't go downtown much, but usually when like tourists come visit, it's like they go downtown and they do like the nightlife and the, um, we have like a really great live music scene in mm-hmm. Austin. Um, so most people come for that and it's great. And I'm like, well, I like, everyone's like, oh yeah, 6th Street, which is, I think it has a bunch of bars or clubs or something of the nightlife sort on 6th Street. And mm-hmm. like, that's like the place to go for nightlife. But like, I just very recently became of drinking age. So right. I didn't really experience the nightlife of Austin. Right. Um, but yeah, Austin's great. Um, we kind of don't want anyone moving there. And it's not that we... <laughs> Like, don't love people. Like, really, I I think we love people. I love people. But um, it often has terrible traffic, and, like, we have, like, very little public transportation or, like, traffic control. Like, you know, we don't have very good highways. It's, it's a lot. And, like, people keep moving there because it's such an attractive place. Especially for like computer engineers, software type people, um, Austin's very up and coming in that area, and so like everyone's moving there, and we're like, okay, we have to get better traffic control, or people need to stop moving here. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask you, too, is what is it that's driving so many people to move there? I didn't realize they were one of these tech-oriented cities. I actually didn't know that. Oh, yeah. We're still very history, too. Yeah. Like, very. Like, Keep Austin Weird is our slogan, and it is so true. We are so weird. <laughs> what else do you think culturally or, you know, geographically attracts people to it? Well, what's the weather like? Is it very warm year-round? Oh, yeah. It's so hot. Yeah. Um, but it's not humid, which is nice. Like, oh, that's Houston, good. Texas very humid in the summer, but Austin isn't as humid, but it's it's very hot, but we have good AC, so (laughs) that's nice. Yeah, people say, the like you said, the music scene's pretty good, the food scene is pretty good. Mm -hmm. We're also, I've heard, like, we're up and coming with the film industry. Mm -hmm. I think there was, like, a new Texas law passed or something that made it easier to, like, make films, and everyone wants to come to Austin now. Yeah, well... Films, which is really cool. Right. Especially since I'm not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. But, but yeah, these days, you know, with so much production happening, you know, companies are always looking for places to go to shoot um, with a lot of, for a lot of reasons, including, of course, tax breaks and things. And California yeah. has become more and more difficult, so... Productions are moving all over the place. Uh, New Mexico, um, uh, 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 what should we call it? Um, Georgia, although they're, of course, having another problem now, as we know. And uh, and uh, a place like Austin as well, apparently. So there you go. Cool. Um, so uh, you mentioned a little bit about your family earlier, but what, what was growing up there like for you? Um, it was, I mean, I, I think I had a pretty normal childhood. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We, yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, both of my parents are very 
loving and supportive, especially of my crazy theater dream. Um, and yeah. you said and you had... Like, which is, yeah? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, like, it's especially, I don't know, shocking almost, since they're both so not theatrical or, like, you know, artistically inclined. Yeah. Nothing. Right, yeah, that's not an at all. They are very math-brained and very intelligent in that respect. And so it's kind of, I don't know, it, it kind of shocked me how much they're like, oh, like, we'll go watch you in a play. Like, oh, you want to go to school for theater? Okay. Well, you know, someone someone getting into it without any other family background is, is not that uncommon. Uh, but it's it is good to know that they're that they're supportive, of course. And you said um, you said you have one sister as well, was it? Yep, my little baby sister. She's gonna be a sophomore in college. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So unlike, so yeah, you were the only one of the four to, to get into the acting stuff. And you said that, uh, you got into it pretty young, just somehow it just appealed to you. You said you were, you just, you just, uh, seeing movies and stuff and you just, you wanted to do it, huh? Yeah, definitely. Like I, from a very young age, I loved watching TV and I, remember thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, like, real, right? Like, these are real people, and, like, someone just happens to catch their lives, and then I found out, no, it's scripted. Well, I probably didn't know the word scripted back then. But, you know, like, it's, I, I found out it was real people playing pretend. Right. That's what they got to do for their lives, and I was like, wow, I want to do that. So, here we are. And then, yeah, no, and that, that happens to a lot of us. And so, uh, how did you? How were you able to start? You know, when, how young were you when? When did you start doing school plays or something like that? Um. Well, we did like, like each in elementary school, like each grade level did a performance. So it was kind of more like a stand and sing, choir performance kind of thing. I do remember my first year in class did a couple of shows, and like we broke up into groups, and each group got to do a show, and I um, got to do Goldilocks. Bears and I got to play Goldilocks. That was very, very awesome moment. Because mm-hmm. um, I got to be a lead. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, um, and then I told you this in the email, but when I was like 10 years old, I went to uh, the Lion King, like the touring company came through Austin and we saw it. And yeah. I looked on stage and I saw young Simba and young Nala, and I was like, Mom, how old are those kids? And she looked at her program and she was like, oh, they're 10 years old. And I was like, I'm 10 years old. And she was like, yeah, they get to travel around the country performing this show every night. And I was like, I want to do that. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's, that's a great, that's, like, that's a great story because yeah. that's a great moment, you know, for, for a kid. That's awesome. Yeah, I was um, bitterly jealous of them. And wanted to be them, um, and now I'm doing it for a living, hopefully. Yeah. Yep. And by um, the way, but yeah. Yeah. What? Well, just a, just a related sidebar, bringing it back around. Uh, another day job I've known people to do is uh, Broadway shows that use kids have a job called child wrangler, where they have oh to yes. be the ones to like 
make sure the kids are where they're supposed to be and so forth backstage and whatever. And I have known people who have done that as well. Yeah. So, okay, so you start doing stuff in school, and then, you know, what happens then? Are you able to do a lot of plays in high school and stuff, or? Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, I started kind of doing plays in middle school, although, like, elementary school through middle school, I was a sports kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I did a lot of sports. And then about, like, seventh grade, I realized, I was like, I really like sports because it's, like, a team, and you have to... Um, be part of the team and like teamwork and I just loved that and then I realized that theater offers the same thing yeah. and I was better at theater than right. sports because I'm not aggressive or anything um, or very I don't know athletically inclined I could just stand there and be tall because I'm really tall um, but that's about it and so I was like you know let's, let's do teamwork in theater instead let's Let's go in that direction. So then that's when I kind of made the tradition and I transitioned and I was, you know, taking theater classes and auditioning for shows. I think my my first, like, official school show was in eighth grade and it was Romeo and Juliet and I played Balthazar, mm-hmm. who is the servant that tells Romeo his love is dead. Yeah. So I had, like, three lines, and I was very proud of it. And I also got to sword fight, which was amazing. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, the teamwork aspect was a big part of it for me, too. But um, what yeah. uh, what sports did you play? Oh, I swam for some team for, like, forever. Mm-hmm. I played soccer through elementary school, um, and then I did volleyball and basketball, and I did a little bit of track. I did cross country. I did cross country, and then I like attempted to do track, but I only like was able to compete in meets because I was one of the only people who wanted to. Um, not really because I was good, but that was fun. <laughs> gotcha. So, um, so during high school, were you already thinking you wanted to pursue acting professionally? Gosh, I, I have been trying to think of when I made the shift between this is a fun hobby and this is what I want to do with my life. I yeah. think it's just kind of always been at the back of my head, like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Although for a really long time, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Like, I was dead set on it because I love animals. Nice. And I was like, I don't know how you can be anything other than a veterinarian. Like, right. that, that just does not compute. Right. And then I realized that I cannot do gore at all. And so I would be a terrible veterinarian because I would be like, nope, I can't give your cat a shot. Sorry. Does that mean you can't act in a horror movie then, though? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think I would have an easier time being in a horror movie than watching it because you know I could kind of see like behind the scenes and I could I could see how the fake blood is applied to the people and 
I think that might have an easier time. You know what? That's actually that's actually a really good point. That being in it is probably not nearly as scary as watching it, of course, because you see what's actually happening. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then were you also, you know, so during high school, did you have other interests too, or you did you do well academically? Uh, yeah, yeah. My uh, my school was very academically rigorous, so yeah, mm-hmm. I I had to do well, or else I was not thinking as very smart when we had my peers. And you know, in high school, like how your peers think of you is everything. Sure. So, so yeah, I um, yeah, I, yeah, I did I did the school thing. I um. I became very obsessed with German, like mm. the German language, mm-hmm. uh, which was really cool. Like we had to take a language and I picked German and then I really fell in love with it. And I actually um, kind of have kept up my knowledge of German and I actually got to do a show my junior year of college where I played a German and I got to like, you know, do a thick German accent. And I was really able to bring a lot of my knowledge of the language and the culture that I learned through my classes into that role, which was just really a really cool combination of like my passion for German and my passion for theater. So let's talk about that because first of all, it's always funny to me when I hear things like this because in my high school, it was only like the standard options. It was, I believe, Spanish, French, or Italian, maybe. Uh, people talk about, you know, oh. German was an option or Japanese was an option. I'm like, what? Um, so, uh, you know, for you, why German and what, what appealed to you so much about it? Um, well, I really wanted, I actually wanted to take ASF, American Sign Language. Um, that was an option too? That really See, cool. that, that's incredible. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. We have I think those were our only cool ones. And Mandarin. And then we had, like, Spanish and French. And I think that was it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to take ASL because I thought that would be really cool. And I've, like, you know, seen, like, videos of different productions of where they, like, incorporate their language into the production. And I think that is just the coolest thing. And I was like, I want to learn that. Um, but then I was in the IB program, which I don't think every school has that. It's like International Baccalaureate is what it stands for. And it's no, I never heard of that. I mean, I've heard of it, but no, I didn't have that. Yeah, it, it's um, like, it, it's like, you know, AP is like a higher level than just like not AP. And IB is also a higher level, but it's like a different higher level. Right. Which is weird. So I was in that uh, freshman year, and they didn't let us take ASL with the IB program. Not mm-hmm. really sure why. Maybe because it's not a written language. Right. But um, I don't know. So I I wasn't able to take ASL because in that program. Huh. So then I was like, well, maybe German. That would be fun because my dad, for his work, he has had to fly to Germany a couple times, like throughout my childhood is that he kind of knew German and I was like, that would be fun to kind of be able to talk to him in German. Yeah. Um, I have well surpassed his knowledge of German, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's, that's why I wanted to take it. And I'm really glad I did. 
So you studied it all throughout high school. Yeah, I did. And then I kind of minored in it in college. Like, I took most of the classes for the minor, but mm-hmm. I didn't officially receive the minor because I didn't take all of the classes. But you can fluently speak and read and write in German. Um, yeah, I, I like to say, like, I'm an eight-year-old in German because I've been learning it for eight years. So, like, yeah, I guess, but I'm not very skilled. And have you gone over there? Yes, I did. My high school did, like, uh, an exchange program um, this summer after my junior year. And it was the best thing ever. We got a partner. It was, like, 15 Americans and 15 Germans, and they partnered us up. And the uh, Germans got to come over and spend a couple weeks with us in, like, April, and then we got to go over there and spend a couple weeks with them in, like, June, and it was so fun. It's like, my partner stayed over at my house for three weeks, and then when we went over to their country, um, I stayed over at her house for three weeks and, like, got to just follow her around and go to school, and we did, like, different field trips and excursions and got to see Germany, and it was amazing. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. that's, that really is cool. So then, so high, you get to the end of high school and then you end up deciding to go to school for theater, like you said, right? Yes. And how, yeah. what, what, end, right. you know, to tell us about that, you know, what, what, end, you know, how you ended up deciding that. Oh my gosh. I don't even, I just, I think it just wasn't a question. Yeah. I think I was like, this is, this is what I'm doing. And so I did. And I. Um, you know, applied for schools, and I applied to, like, a bazillion schools, and then I didn't end up auditioning for all of them, because I thought, I was like, I think I want to go to school in New York, I was like, that's, that's something that I want to do, you know, because New York is where I want to be, it's like the Big Apple, you know, yeah. and, and then I, I realized, like, halfway through my senior year, I was like, there is no way that I can go that far from home right now. I was mm-hmm. like, I, I think I need to stay, like, at least in Texas. It's right. a little bit closer to home. But I didn't want to be, like, in Austin. You know, I wanted to be independent, but still yeah. able to just drive home on the weekends if I yeah. wanted. And so I, like, applied to several schools up here in New York, but I never ended up actually going to audition for them because I, I was like, mm, that's, that's not going to happen yet. So all, um, all the schools you applied for, though, you were applying for theater, and they all did require auditions. Yes. Some of them were, like, the kind where you were automatically accepted into the theater department, but you could audition to get a scholarship, you know, that kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, all of, all of the ones that I, that I was actually interested in pursuing, so, like, not the New York school, um, I did go audition for. A fun road trip experience with my mom and I. And you ended up going to uh, what was the name of the school again? Abilene Christian University. Yep. And why? Why did you pick that one? Um. Okay. So that was a funny story. Um. I. I didn't really have a view on my radar until um. One of my friends, we were on a dance team together in high school, and one day she comes running into the locker room, and she's like, Jill, I found the most amazing school. It's called ACU. 
I already checked. They have a theater program. You have to, you have to apply to them. And I was like, oh, I mean, like, I guess I'll look into them. And I had, you know how we, like, get the emails about college and it's like, come here. Like, come, come to this college. Oh, like, yeah. you know, it's getting a bazillion of those. And I didn't really pay attention to most of them. But I was like, oh, I think I got a couple from ACU. So I, like, looked at those again. And I was like, oh, I guess. And so I, I, um, I was like, oh, I guess I'll apply. And I applied literally on the day of the deadline. And, and I was like, this will be such a funny story if I end up going to school, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to go here. So like, missed opportunity. Um, but I applied anyways. And then like a couple of weeks later, I got my acceptance letter and I was like, okay, cool. I guess I should, uh, set up an audition. And so I did, I set up an audition and I made ACU my very first college audition because I, I didn't think I wanted to go there. I was just kind of a, like an afterthought. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay, well, I'll make it my first, you know, get the first out of the way, get all the nerves done, and then, like, the colleges that I really want to go to, then they'll, they'll be my next audition, and I will have, like, ACU as a practice. Um, I was so wrong. Um, so I went to ACU, and I, like, like, for my audition, and we had, they had a tour day that day, and so I got to tour the school before my audition, and um, we toured it, and I fell in love and I was like about ready to cry before my audition even happened because I was like I have to come here I just I there's just something about that place that really drew me in especially the people the people were so kind even the people who were like prospective students like me like they were also hoping to get into the school they were so kind and I was like these people are interested in this and like they are very kind people. Kind people are interested in the school. Like that's amazing. Most of the school tours and auditions that I've gone on, most people kind of like stayed in their own lane and didn't really talk to anyone, which is understandable. Kind of a nerve wracking time. But like all of the ACU hopefuls were very talkative, very open to being like, oh, where are you from? Like, you know, what what's your favorite show you've been in? You know, random stuff like that. And it was really cool. I was like, wow, I really like this school and um so I auditioned for them and then I was like cool um I really want to go here and like all of my other college tours and auditions because they was the first I I went to all of my other ones and I was like okay this is, this is nice but not even you um and then I ended up getting rejected from the ACU theater department and I uh, was very upset because I really wanted to go there. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go anyway. So I did. And um, I went, like, the summer before freshman year of college. Uh, we went to orientation, and I went to the theater department. And I was like, hey, I'm here. I'm currently undeclared. Can I sign up for any theater classes and re-audition for the department in the fall? Um, and they were like, Yeah. Um, they are a very kind, open theater department that I was slowly beginning to learn. And so they, they let me essentially be part of the freshman class without having been accepted, um, which was really cool. And then at the end of my fall semester, I was able to re-audition for the department. And of course, by that time, they had spent a semester with me 
um, I had wormed my way into their hearts. And so then they accepted me, and I got to spend the next three and a half years at an amazing, amazing little hidden gym of a theater department. So that's a great story for a couple of reasons. You know, first of all, um, well, you know, then no, that, that decision to just go anyway, you know, and, 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 you know, hope to, to get back into the department. But it sounds like even if you never got back into the department, you would have been bummed out, but you still loved the school in general enough that you still would have been uh, somewhat happy, it sounds like. Yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't actually thought of that. Like, what if I kind of got accepted? I, I was terrified. Like when I decided that I was going anyway, I was like, "What are you doing, Jill? Like, what?" Um, but man, it's just I'm so thankful for how it worked out. I couldn't have imagined it any better. Like my whole college experience. And were your parents concerned at all with your deciding to go there without having secured a spot in the theater department, or they also thought it was a good idea? Um, my mom was incredibly supportive, um, which is, like, sometimes is a little almost unnerving, because I'm like, wait, Mom, are you sure? Like, I'm freaking out. Why aren't you freaking out? Um, what is keeping you so calm about this? But my mom is just wonderful, and She's like, no, Jella, like, I know you, you're going to make it work out exactly how you need it to work out. Like, you know, um, she, she always says, like, if I put my mind to something, I will achieve it. And which is just great, great support. Um, my dad was a little concerned. Um, he's, he's more, like, money concerned. So he was like, Jill, like, you don't even know if you're going to get into the department. And we're like, putting a whole bunch of money towards this school and, you know, the whole thing was like, theater not really being known for painting very well, and, you know, the whole like, starving artist thing. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely was concerned about that. Yeah, well that's, you know, that's understandable. A lot of people are, but, you know, you, you go for it anyway. So, um, so, yeah, and then the fact that you got there and you were not deterred, you just still went back and say, hey, I still want to try to get into this. I think that's great. And obviously it, it impressed them as well. So getting back, I should have asked you before, though, to high school, you know, you were doing all these plays and things. Did you have any training, any acting classes or anything? Yeah, I took, um, yeah, I took, uh, like, I think, you know, we have, like, a certain number of electives or whatever in high school, and so I, I think I, I ended up taking about, like, one theater class a year, mm-hmm. like, you know, for the full year, and, like, that was part of my schedule, so I got to do it, like, uh, every other day, mm-hmm. I think that's how our high school schedule works, so, yeah, and I um, did all of the shows I possibly could. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, I think back on this a lot myself uh, for a lot of reasons, and also now that I'm talking to people all the time about training and stuff, because I'm very interested in it. But, you know, when you're in high school, for most of us, uh, unless you're really at a serious performing arts high school or something, you know, you're not really thinking about training and technique. You're just kind of doing it. Um, do you feel like you had any 
awareness of technique or anything as an actor during high school? You just kind of, you just kind of figured out how to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I, well, I don't know. I think for a lot of people in high school, taking theater is kind of like, oh, this is just a fun yeah. elective to yeah. take, you know? And for oh, me, yeah. it, it wasn't, it was, more than that, it was like soul feeding. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looked forward to theater every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think I like more than like focusing on technique. I focused on like my peers. I had we had really great people at high school, like really great actors, and several of them went on to do theater in college and in their life now um especially like the upperclassmen before me and so i i really watch them and how they work and how they are just as people and um you know what they're like in during the rehearsal process and kind of how how they're able to in a performance get the audience on their side and how they deliver their lines and uh, you know like all of that i i um that was kind of a big part of my training was just watching and then in my classes trying to emulate you know that's really interesting that's really interesting that you did that yeah that's a good point and that's i haven't heard that before someone who really was just kind of instinctively watching them to learn that's fantastic um so and then what about singing? Because you were doing musicals as well, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I've been, like, I'm, I'm, like, an actor first. Yeah. And then I have a dance background because I've been taking oh, dance that's right. classes for right. three. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then the singing kind of came in high school because I was like, I want to, I want to sing good. Mm-hmm. So I, I started taking voice lessons and. Um, yeah, yeah, we did a musical every year, and it was, like, a class, so we were, like, in the class, and the whole class got cast, and it was just, like, you, like, auditioned within the class to be, like, a lead, or, like, ensemble, or whatever. I did, I did a lot of ensemble work in high school, which, you know, like, as a high schooler, that's kind of a blow to your ego, but mm-hmm. I really learned, I mean, like I said, I love teamwork and I love working together and really got to do that in ensemble and so I really came to love working in ensemble and like if I if someone was like hey you're going to be in the ensemble for the rest of your life I would be like oh thank goodness because I just <laughs> I love it it's so fun yeah like especially oh man ensemble of like big happy fluffy shows where you just like break out into like a big dance number for no reason. Right. Like, that's just so fun. <laughs> yeah, and, and but that overall mentality of it, it really being about the whole team, and, you know, even if you treat any role you have, even a lead, like it's just part of the ensemble in that sense, uh, I think is a great attitude for an actor to have. So, um, oh, sure. yeah. So, but with the voice lessons, did you, but you know, were you comfortable singing? Because... You know, I'm always amazed by singing and how people do it and how people learn it. You know, I'm not a singer. Uh, I don't know how it works, and it's an amazing thing. So, you know, did, did you did you take to it well? Um, I, 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 I
the program like that? And by, and by the way, what, what part of Texas is was your college in? Um, it's from a teeny tiny little town called Avenue, Texas. Most people in Texas have never heard of it. Um, <laughs> it, it yeah, I was, people was like, oh, my God, it's like Avenue Christian University, and they'd be like, oh, where's that? And I'm like, Avenue, Texas? Yeah, I didn't know and that. Which, which part of the state is it in? Um, it's like, if you know where Dallas is, it's like two hours directly west okay. from Dallas. So is it considered West uh, Texas? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's like, it's West Texas, but like the easternmost part of West Texas. If that makes any sense. Sure, sure. Um, gotcha. And so what was the program like there? What was the training like there? Oh, it was so, um, they are really about training, like, the whole person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we, every, every semester we had to take, uh, a class that they called practicum, which is where we got to do the different behind-the-scenes theater kind of thing, so there was, like, one semester we would take a set class, and we would help build the sets for the shows of that Mm -hmm. uh, semester, and then we, like, took costume classes and helped build the costumes, and there was, like, uh, you could take a lighting class, I never did, um, seven classes were the two big ones, and then there was, like, props, and there was, um, you 
could uh, work in the box office and sell tickets, or you could work with PR and recruiting and, you know, advertise for our shows. And it, it was just, like, that was really cool, getting to learn all of the behind-the-scenes stuff, especially since, you know, so many people are like, hey, I'm going to be an actor, I'm going to be on stage. But there's so much that goes into the behind-the-scenes to make a performance be able to be on stage and so getting to learn that hands-on and really know what that's like is very humbling to now be a performer and that's you know all of the behind the scenes classes um and being able to work behind the scenes on several shows is why i was able to get the job as a spotlight operator i was gonna say i was gonna say exactly yeah uh no that's great and by the way, it's also great that you're not an actor who thinks, oh, well, I'm above doing that, or, you know, I don't want to do that because I'm supposed to be on stage. You know, being willing to do any job can only help you learn more and, and just be involved and can lead to whatever. So that's that's definitely the yeah. way to do it. Um, so, and then, and that, that's fantastic. And then in terms of the actual acting training, what was that like at, the, at college? Oh, it was great. They, um, they had this metaphor. It's like, like we, you know, we as actors have a, a toolbox. And Ancient um, Theater was about, like, giving us different tools to put into our toolbox. You know, but then it's like up to us which tool, like when we go into a performance, which tool to pull out and use. Mm-hmm. So they they kind of gave, like a lot of our classes kind of gave us a very general overview of the different acting techniques like we did. Uda Hagen, we did um, Stan Flosky, just like other things. Yeah, just, you know, like the, the big acting technique, acting method, names, the, um, got an overview of, like, throughout the course of our time at ACU, which was really neat. And so now I know which ones work for me and which ones I'm like, <laughs> I didn't understand myself. And, you know, now I can, like, take that with me into theater. And I, I hope to continue learning. Like, I really connected with Sandy, Santa Fossey, and um, I hope to deepen my understanding of that and like his acting method and to be able to use that in my future career. See, I, that sounds to me like the best way to do it, especially for undergrad, because then, you know, if you want to go on and get an MFA in something more specific or whatever, but, you know, the more I try to demystify this concept of acting training, because again, I never had too much of it myself, and then you know, now I'm just very interested in it, you know, just, you know, in researching it. So, um, you know, a lot of the people I talk to, though, yeah, the schools that say, like, here are a bunch of options, find what works for you, not just there's only one way to do it. You know, I think that's the best, that seems to be the best way. And I love that idea of the toolbox. That is one thing I did used to feel like when I was an actor as well. Um so, uh, so you said Stanislavski you really responded to, and what would be an example of something you you said there were some where you just didn't you didn't take to it or you didn't get it? What would an example of that be? Um. Well, okay, I I hesitate saying this 
because I, I still have hope that one day it'll work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, in our, uh, in our freshman year, uh, beginning asking class, we worked a lot with eight books. Um, so we, like, divided up the text into eight. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like a, a shift in, yeah, I don't know how to explain because it, it didn't compute for my brain. But yeah, we broke it up into these. Um, and then for each beat, we would have to write out, like, um, our, gosh, what did we even write out? Like a, a, an action that we're playing. That yep. was the big thing, playing an action. Yep. I. Every time I tried to play an action, I would get the note of, like, Joey, you're too in your head, or, like, you're standing outside yourself, and I'm like, oh, I'm trying to play this action correctly. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, like, to, to pull, or, to, yeah. you know. I, yeah, that, that kind of stuff um, can drive you crazy, for sure. Yeah, yeah that, that's not confused. Um, and that was, like, our first acting class in school, and I was like, my gosh, I have to, I have to get this. This has to make sense. Otherwise, I'm going to be a failure at acting. Um, and then, you know, the rest of ACU theater it was not solely focused on playing in action, which was nice. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, don't, don't get stuck in thinking, oh, that if you can't figure out this one thing, then, then you can't do it. No, no. So, um. Right. Uh, so now when you go on auditions or when you get a script to work on, you know, do you have very specific techniques that you use uh, or does it depend on the script? You know, how, how do you approach it now? Um, yeah, I, uh, I really like writing out, uh, yeah, I guess that's my process. Um, I, I like to go through the and I like to write out all of the facts mm-hmm. about the character. So, like, if, um, you know, she says, like, I'm 19 years old, well, that's the fact. And um, so I write out all of those. And um, I, like, you know, I'll even write out, like, she says, like, oh, I, you know, I'm trying to take an example. When, um, when a character, like, says something, but, like, it could not your fact um sure. and it's like oh they could just be saying that like she's like I like bananas but yeah. she's really saying that because she wants someone to like her yeah. and like I kind of like star those and I'm like this is probably she's trying to get something with that um so I really like doing that because it's like okay this is the character and then you can kind of see like themes mm-hmm. on that of like okay this is, this is what makes up the character this is like what she says this is what she does mm-hmm stuff like that, and that gives me a really great space to go off of for, like, okay, who is this character? Because sometimes, you know, just, like, with people, we can kind of interpret them wrong and, like, not really fully see the full picture. I'm talking, like, you know, in in day-to-day life, you know, first impression isn't always what it seems, and so for me, writing out the facts and being able to look at all of them, that really gives me deeper understanding of the character rather than just, like, service level first impression of the character. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, very cool. 
And uh, was there ever a point, you know, during college or, you know, leading up to when you did, you know, graduate and now living here? I, don't, I know it hasn't been a long time at all yet, but, you know, were you ever scared? Did you ever have doubts about your about your plan? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, a lot. And, like, it's so hard because it's, like, all in my head. You know, we, mm-hmm. so often people will uh, place our worth into what other people say about us and, like, you know, receive valid from external uh, external sources Um, and that's so easy to do in the theater world because it's like oh I got cast I must be good you know oh I didn't get cast I must be bad Um, and that happens daily for a working actor it's not cast just about every day Um, so it's, it's been like a battle fighting through that and like finding my own self-worth within myself and not letting it be influenced by external sources much easier said than done. Well, not only is it easier said than done, but you know, even if you can overcome that internally, you still got to get the work ultimately at some point, right? I mean, that is still what you're depending on to have the career you want. Yeah, so I I came up with a um, a goal for this year mm-hmm. um, to kind of like I don't know make it fun. Um, I have a goal of getting one hundred no's by the end of the year, so I, I hope <laughs> to be rejected one hundred times. It's funny people people sometimes talk about things like this as like a strategy or advice or whatever. That's very interesting. So I assume what you yeah. mean by that is that. You'll have auditioned for a hundred things. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it's just fun and it yeah. like it kinda takes the pressure off of each individual audition instead of like, Oh my gosh, like I really need this, I, I really want this, I can perfect right. and like overthinking it. It's like right. I I'm gonna get another note today. I'm gonna add the list to my one hundred and well, that's great. Yeah. Add yeah. it to my list of one hundred. That's the crazy. No, yeah, I, like I, my I love that. texted me the other day. And um, they were like, they they got an email that they didn't get cast, and they texted me, and they were like, "Guess what? I got a no! Yay!" <laughs> and I was like, That's just such a fun attitude to have. And it's like, oh, man, I didn't get it. And then you like beat yourself up. It's like I get to count it as part of my one hundred. Like that's exciting. You know, I I love that. That is really cool. I've never heard that before. And the fact that you guys can have fun with it and, and of course, support each other, which is another big part of the whole thing anyway. But, you know, and it's 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 much easier said than done, of course. But, yeah, you got to see it as a marathon, not a sprint. And just because you don't happen to be right for something, you know, doesn't mean that they, they might not call you for something else at some point, you know, and so if you oh, keep, yeah. you know, good attitude, being a good person, you know, and just enjoying making the connections and, and doing the whole thing, you know, it'll pay off in the long run, you know, for sure. Um, for sure. Absolutely. But that's great that you already have such a wise attitude about it. a lot of, you know, I don't think that many, you know, it's hard to have that attitude when you're young without experience. So that's, you know, that's great yeah. that you already that you already figured that out. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I just 
like I want to get joy out of life and I want to bring joy to other people and that's like why I do theater you know mm -hmm. in general like that's that's what really appeals to me is the joy of mm -hmm. doing theater and of creating it and of watching it and of watching people watch it and so you know anywhere that I can just spread joy it's just really fun and I think like that's important for anyone like you know, if they're not doing something that brings them joy, why do it? Absolutely. And, uh, and so, you know, it's funny, you, it's funny because I was going to say you, you were kind of answering my next question when you talked about the hundred no's. That's one, that's a great, you know, way of thinking about it. But, you know, again, I know you just started, but, you know, do you have an idea of like, you know, things you hope to accomplish, say, in the next year, two years, three years, and, and, and what direction you hope your career will start to go? Um, yeah, I, uh, I really have a heart for children's theater. Oh, wow. I would really, I would really like to get more into that, whether it be, like, more with Theater Works USA, the Street Duncan Musical, or, like, I uh, keep auditioning for Disney because I love Disney. Yeah. Um, I have a, I have a very weird height. Like they have very specific height requirements, right. and my height fits very few characters. Ugh. So we're gonna we're gonna keep waiting until they're casting who I can play. But um, yeah, I really like that. I also do like film work. I'm getting more and more into filmic acting, and it it makes a lot of sense to me. And I really like that. I'd love to do that more. Well, that's funny because, again, you're right where I was going. That was going to be my next question because, you know, you told me you're focusing more on that uh, off the air and you have a great reel out, which is all, uh, you know, film samples. So, you know, what, what kind of film work have you done? You know, because obviously you did some things that, that made up that reel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ACU has... They don't have a film major, but they had a film minor, mm -hmm. and they have like a um, like a really great group of people that are really passionate about film, which is crazy. Like we're in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and there's like really great theater and there's like really great film people. Um, yeah. and, and so they do a, a film festival every year where like students get to make films, and they have to be under ten minutes, and um, not a lot of people would audition for the film because not a lot of people would know about it. I think it's starting to become more popular. But so it was just like a feeding ground for us theater kids because we were like, ah, someone wants to cast me. And they, like, you know, there would be like 10 films casting and like six people at the audition. And we're all like, cool, so we're all going to be cast in a bunch of films. Yeah, which was like really fun. And yeah, so it's great. To, um, <laughs> Yeah, I got to I got to be in films and like we have um AC was uh, awesome and has a lot of money. Um, and it they have great film equipment that we could just check out from the library. So we got, you know, pretty decent footage. You know, it's like student films and um I I did some freshman year and like the other people I was working with, I think they were like freshmen sophomores and they're still like figuring out you know, how, how to frame a shot. And like, you know, all of that stuff was really fun being on the ground level and getting to figure it out with them together because up until that point I had really only done 
stage work. And so it was fun to get to do film work and like, oh, no one's gonna tell me I'm doing a good job. No one's gonna clap at the end of a scene. You know, like it, everyone's gonna be like, okay, we need to fix the sound level. Um, oh man, that light is not working. And then it's, it's like totally different world from stage. So it was really cool to get to learn that while other people were learning there behind the scenes film stuff. And so I got to do several um, films for the film festival, and that was really, really awesome. Yeah, and the other big difference, though, is, and just like with podcasting, as I've discovered, once it's done, it's out there forever, and anybody can go back and watch it, and it's not, or listen to it, and it's not like, if you didn't come to this one week of performances, you know, that's it. So, um, yeah, that's another reason I, I like all that stuff. But, um, but, so, you alluded to this, but, you know, the big question every actor gets asked, which is, you know, how different is the technique for acting on camera versus on stage? And did you have any trouble transitioning over? Um, I think, I think actually, like, even though I've done a lot, a lot of stage work, and that's what I did first, I think my demeanor lends itself more to on camera because, you know, the camera is like right on your face. Yeah. You don't have to do big, huge theatrical stage expressions and right. I would not often do that on stage. I also got the note like a bazillion times that I had to project. Right. Um, I'm a very like subtle, quiet person-ish. Yeah. Um, and so, so film just kind of instantly for me and it, it made more sense which is awesome but it yeah it was, it was different I think like it, it felt more personal in mm-hmm. a lot of ways yeah. because in theater like you, you go through like weeks and weeks of rehearsals and then you do performances every night and then like you know audiences come and then they all like come say you did a great job even though you were like we're carrier number 12 they still know that you were in the show because you built your costume on, you know, stuff like that. And film work is so different because it's like, you have your lines memorized, you show up and you do a scene and then you go home and and then the next day you come and you do another scene. And it's like, at first it felt a little like standoffish, like where is the camaraderie? Like we don't have a rehearsal process. How are we supposed to like have friends and, you know, have fun inside jokes
No, that's a great point, and that's that's a, that's an important distinction for actors to make uh, in any medium. You know, I think especially in the professional world, even for theater, you're expected to show up and be prepared and, and know what you're doing, and not rely on the director to to uh, tell you what to do and so forth to to an extent. So yeah, yeah that's that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's no. It's, not to say like don't listen to the director or like you know. No, of whatever. course not. Um, but, you know, like, you don't want to come in and have nothing for the director to direct. You want to have a, a solid foundation of your understanding of the character and everything. And then the director is there to, like, help tweak it, not to completely teach you the role, you know? Which, not that I said that, or anyone would do that, but that was an extreme example. No, but listen, again, on a practical level, advice for people pursuing, you know, work and TV and film and everything... You know, even if you get a small guest role or something, you know, you're expected to show up on that day, lines memorized, choices made. You know, like you said, you're not going to get some nice long rehearsal process like in theater. Quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, very cool, Jill. Uh, you know, I think uh, you're off to an incredible start with your with your journey and your career, and I'm... I'm very impressed by your attitude and, and your wisdom already uh, at this point in your, in, you know, the fact that you just graduated and are just starting, you know, and living here and everything. Right. So, so very cool. Um, I just want to finish up with a couple more things. Uh, you know, we already alluded to a lot of this, but let's say there's someone, I mean, again, you just did this, but, you know, someone who, you know, is, is close to your position where they're, you know, either just considering whether to really come to New York and try to be an actor or about to move here to do that and haven't been here yet, you know, what's, like, the biggest advice or encouragement you would give them? Um, I'd say, like, do your research, know what you're getting yourself into, but don't let that discourage you from coming and trying it. You know, like, know, know how it's gonna look, you know, don't go in like, oh, I'm gonna just like hop up to New York and land a Broadway show, which like happens, but it's not likely, you know, no. so <laughs> know, know realistically what life is gonna be like up here, like, you know, listening to podcasts like this about, you know, all of the day jobs and all of the options and like waking up insanely early, you know, like that's, that's the grind. And that's how it works. And so knowing that, but then still being like, no, like, I got this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to try it. I think, yeah. Know what you're getting yourself into, but don't let it discourage you. I think that's such a perfectly put and, and balanced piece of advice. That's fantastic. And by the way, thank you for including listen to podcasts like this. Thank you for... Uh, for that, that's, uh, I, 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 I would certainly agree with that, but I'm a little biased. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, but absolutely. So, one last thing, and um, I didn't tell you I was going to do this, so, you know, uh, you can say no, or, you know, you can be mad that I'm putting you on the spot. I've, this is not normally something I do as part of this podcast, but I may start, because it seems kind of fun to me. Um, based on one of our one of our email conversations, um, so you, you may be my guinea pig a little bit. Um, 
But again, if you don't want to, it's fine. But I thought it would be fun because we talked a little bit about accents and I was asking you about Southern accents and, you know, you're from the South. I don't hear much of a Southern accent in your normal way of speaking. Um, but you said that you could do, you know, various Southern accents. And one, of course, it's interesting because there are many variations of a Southern accent. There's not just one. So I was hoping you would indulge me a little bit and, and just give us a couple of examples of, of different Southern accents and what they sound like. A couple? Holy cow. Okay. Well, however, however many, but, you know. <laughs> uh, okay, well, hey, y'all. My name is Jill Jackson, and um, I, believe it or not, I don't drive a tractor to school. I don't own a horse. That's Texas. <laughs> is that, that's Texan, you said? Yeah, that's, that, that's like my general go-to, and then it just, No, that's fine. I'm putting you on the spot. I apologize. Don't, 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 no, don't, good. don't worry about it. Um, so anyway, very cool. So listen, thank you again so much for coming on. Um, I want to wish you the best of luck with everything. Uh, it sounds like you're off to a, to a phenomenal start, like I said. And do you want to share any social media, website, anything like that or no? Um, I just recently got an Instagram, so there's not much on it, mm-hmm. but I am at joyfully.jill on Instagram. <laughs> Great. Anything else? Any website or anything or no? No, not yet. No we'll problem. No, no problem. <laughs> we will put the link to that uh, in the episode notes as well. Um, all right, Jill. Well, again, thank you so much. And um, for everybody listening, if you want to reach me about the podcast for any reason, you can email Craft Business Life Podcast. That's all one word, Craft Business Life Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a GoFundMe now. We just started it recently. Um, you know, this podcast will always be completely free and completely ad free. So the GoFundMe is just an option to support it if you wish. If anybody listening uh, feels like uh, supporting it a little bit, you can do so there. It's just gofundme.com slash craftbusinesslifepodcast. And the link uh, will be in the episode notes as well, of course, and it's on the the show's page and everything. Uh, And that is it. Thank you again, Jill. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.